course. Um, so how this is going to work is um, it's not open mic, unfortunately. I know you guys would love that, uh, but I just don't trust you guys, so um, just kidding. Um, but we had people submit questions over the entire series. We compiled them. Uh, we had a lot of questions, so if you send a question and we don't respond to it, uh, it's because it would, we would be here for hours. Yeah, don't uh, throw your coffee at us. Yes. <laughs> so we, we, we try to compile a lot that we think would be uh, really just edifying for our body. Um, but I'll just pray and we'll jump in. You guys excited? It's going to be fun. So, Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for uh, this church and the hunger and desire that they have for truth and the hunger and desire they have for your spirit. I pray, Lord, even though that this isn't a traditional message, I pray that they would still be edified, they would be built up. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to them, you would reveal things to them, you would encounter them, that they would sense your presence. And I pray, Lord, just for... Uh, just even just any walls that may still be up against your Holy Spirit, that there would just be a dismantling this morning, that there would be a, a, a freedom this morning, there would be a, a, a veil, the veil that is still up, any part of the veil that is still up that's hindering our ability to step into the fullness of your Spirit and your presence. I pray that that veil will be torn this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. All right, let's start it. Yeah, so just for the people who are either just tuning in or uh, maybe you just need a little bit of a refresher, each week, Pastor Andrew, you you divided it up into the uh, attributes of the Spirit or attributes of how Holy Spirit moves. Um, So the first week, we were talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, and that kind of brings us to the first question that was submitted, uh, which was, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? So could you speak into that just a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, in in simplest terms, I would say to be led by the Spirit is to be submitted to the leadership of the person of the Spirit. Um, You guys may know that verse that says, those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. You guys know that verse? And it's interesting that it makes that distinction that those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. And I think when we look at the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we, when we see the way Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's primary ministry is exalting Jesus, right? Why Jesus and the Father sent the Spirit, Jesus says that, um, that I, I, it's better for you that I leave because if I don't leave the Spirit, the Comforter, he won't come but everything that I, I, I want to tell you, he will continue the conversation, right? This is a paraphrase. And to be led by the Spirit, it's, it's, it's so interesting that there's this distinction that those who are led are children of God. You'd almost say like, those who are led by the Spirit are like doing miracles and doing all that. Like you would think that it would have like some kind of, you know, swirly distinction. But it's like those who are led are children of God. And it's interesting because I think the distinction here is that simply because, you know, we all have like when you hear spirit led, spirit bred, spirit fed, you know, all that. Like we have like a distinction of like what we think that looks like in our minds. And our first thing is probably like someone waving a flag or like, you know, someone shaking. But scripture says those who are led by the spirit are children of God. I'm rambling. But essentially what what it's trying to say here is that people who know their identity in Christ are led by the Spirit. Because you actually can't know you are a child without the Holy Spirit leading you into your identity. And I think it's interesting when Jesus is 
uh, uh, anointed by the Spirit during his baptism, the Holy Spirit descends on him. You guys know that in, in the Gospels. It says that the Father said, this is my Son, my beloved, who I'm well pleased. So the Father spoke identity over his Son. And it says after this moment, that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And what did the devil do? He attacked his identity. So it's this unique picture of the Father revealing the identity of the Son and the Spirit leading the Son into the wilderness for his identity to be tested. Because the primary role of the Spirit is to reveal our identity. That's what I was saying. Yeah, that's, and that's really good. And you actually kind of dipped into the second question already yeah. a, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, and I wanted to see if you could expand upon it. But the second question was just talking about how you had mentioned that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Yes. And in Acts 10, 28, it also talks about that. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions that was submitted was asking, uh, why did he need the, mm. the anointing of the Holy Spirit if he was already God in the flesh? So. Right. Uh, could you expand upon that just a little bit more? Just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a, a lot of layers to that moment, right? When just I mentioned Jesus was baptized by John and, and the Father ripped open the sky, the Spirit descended like a dove. Um, so for context, it wasn't until this moment that Jesus started his public ministry, mm. which is interesting. 30 years of life, from what we know, his ministry has not yet started until this moment where he's baptized by John and the Father gives him the Spirit. It wasn't until this moment. I think there's a lot of pieces. There's a piece of uh, the Father is um, revealing the identity of Jesus. It says that they heard the Father, they, they heard a voice from heaven. So if John recorded this, then he heard this voice, right? So there's a declaration of the Father saying, this is, this is my son. This is, this Jesus is my son. Uh, so that's one layer. The other layer is um, it's almost the, the inaugural initiation of Jesus' public ministry. Uh, another layer is um, in the Old Testament. So the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus, Acts uses the, the language that he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, right? Anointing in the Old Testament was a, uh, an act of consecrating something, of saying this thing is set apart, right? They would anoint things in the, in the tabernacle. Like the earthly um, kings as well. Right, they would anoint kings. So David was anointed um, as king. Uh, they would anoint priests. And this is a really interesting fun fact, is Jesus was 30 years old in this moment when he was anointed, when he was initiated into his public ministry. King David was 30 years old when he was anointed king. Uh, priests, they weren't allowed to be anointed priests until they're 30 years old. Mm. Rabbis weren't technically allowed to be rabbis until they're 30 years old. So there's a lot of, like, God knew what he was doing, right? It wasn't just like, because I was like, why, like, why not when he was 12, yeah, right? Yeah. Why not then? But there's something really distinct about that moment and, mm. and what God wanted to do. So that's another layer. So I guess more so to answer the question, like, why, why did Jesus, I guess, need the Holy Spirit if he was God? that tension. Um, I want to read this verse, Philippians 2, 6, 7. It says this, uh, referring to Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Okay, so this is interesting. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So this is a whole theological thing. 
but we, we understand that Jesus is fully God and fully man, not 50% God, not 50% man, fully God, fully man. Uh, but in God coming into flesh in his humanity, because remember, Jesus was still human. He, he thirsted mm-hmm. in scripture. He, he yeah. hungered. He wept. Um, he slept. He slept, right? He needed to sleep. Yeah. And there's something significant that Jesus had to come as a human, yet still was God, right? This is theological term, hypostatic union, um, <laughs> where he's fully God, fully man. But in his humanity, he had to be dependent on the Father mm, yeah. and the Spirit. Yeah. And it's almost like, well, he's God, but there's, there's, there's a reason Jesus came the way that he did to redeem us, mm. right? He had to die like us and as us to redeem our sins, mm. right? Uh, uh, he lived a life that we couldn't live. He, he fulfilled all of the laws uh, that we broke by, by our sin. So there's that piece of it. The other piece is why, you know, Jesus is fully man, fully God. Uh, Hebrews says that we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with us. We have a high priest who can sympathize with us. Because even though he was God, he was still tempted like us, but still didn't sin. So there's a piece of him coming in humanity that was necessary for us to actually know him. Mm. Hope you guys are tracking because this is really, really good. (laughs) Because if God just came as God, fully 100% God with no humanity, we couldn't, we couldn't know him in intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. He, w- he would be too out there, mm-hmm. right? Jesus says, when you come to me, right, there's no other way to the Father except through me. So in its layers, in that piece of his humanity, his humanity needed the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You read throughout scriptures, Jesus says that uh, I did this miracle by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so there's that piece. The other piece, and this is the last thing I'll say to this question, is he wanted to demonstrate to humanity what new creation was supposed to look like. Yeah, wow. That's really good. Right? If Jesus says, follow me, well, how can we follow someone that we can't do things like him? Yeah. Right? If we're just like, follow me, do, do as I do, right? These signs will follow those who believe. Well, if, if he's, he's not fully God and fully human, if he didn't come the way that he did, then how could we like follow him, mm. right? So in that, there's also a, a reality that we have as New Covenant believers that we need to be dependent on the Father and we need the power of the Holy Spirit. If yeah. Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit to start his public ministry, mm. then even more so if you're called a ministry or just if you're a Christian in this room, you need the Holy Spirit, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to do what you're called to do. And this is what's happened as we've separated the Holy Spirit from ministry, right? We separate the Holy Spirit from our calling because we don't know what to do with him or he scares us or, you know, we have learned experiences from past environments. But Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit to do all that he did. Yeah. So how much more do we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do what we yeah. do? That is so good. That's so good. And I just as a preface, most of these questions, as we're going into them, we're trying to give as much information in as yes. little time as possible. Yes. So uh, <laughs> please track with us. But um, to, go, to go back just a little bit, I, um, I know at least for myself and most likely for everybody else, when, when we got... Uh, when we received Holy Spirit, you know, the clouds didn't part and God yeah. didn't speak and, yeah. you know, it descended like a dove. And so I wanted to see if you could um, talk about his presence and how it's more of a knowing than a feeling. Because yeah. 
um, one of the one of the things that was brought up in this question was talking about how, especially when people are going through the decision-making process sure. and feeling a piece or having a piece about it, that's still a feeling. So, right. and then that's that's a little bit confusing. Sure. So, elaborate that. So, if if you're newer here, one thing I say a lot that his presence is more of a knowing than a feeling. Um, oftentimes we we expect to only experience his presence if we're feeling him. So what I, what I mean by this, it's, it, it's unique because we know theologically we have access to the presence of God, right? We're now temples. Like that's not a little thing. Like you're literally a temple. Yeah. You host the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. So how do we actually access the present Holy Spirit? Because God's omnipresent, and that's what's holding everything together. Mm-hmm. But we can actually experience his personal presence. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I would say to this is that it all starts by awareness. Mm-hmm. You have to become aware of his presence. So what happens in the room, let me give an example. Let's say we're, we're, you're at Breakthrough at Worship, and the room is just going crazy, right, in a good way. Like, we're all just, like, screaming our heads off, and we're jumping, and we're yelling, and the Lord's in the room, and the person over there is falling out. That person's crying. Mm-hmm. You know, have you been to a Sunday that's like that? Yeah. Yeah. So what's happening in that moment, there's a measure of God's presence just being more tangible, mm-hmm. but there's also a measure of people in the room are becoming more aware of his presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's good. So... Oftentimes what happens in moments when we're gathering in worship is we're, you know, we say this all the time. When we worship, we're gathering around a person. We're not gathering around a a theology. We're not gathering around, you know, someone who died 2,000 years ago. We're gathering around a living person because of his presence. And what happens is when we get to encounter his presence, it's because we become aware of his presence. And becoming aware of his presence isn't about feeling something. It's about knowing who he is. And in knowing who he is, the truth is you always have access to his presence. Yeah. So let me give you an example in scripture. Right? The disciples are in the boat. There's a storm. They're all freaking out. Jesus is taking a nap. <laughs> Classic, right? Jesus is just snoozing, and they're all freaking out. They're like, we're going to drown. What's going on? Why is Jesus just taking a nap on the boat? Why is he sleeping? Like, what's going on? And Jesus wakes up. He speaks to the storm. He stops the storm. He says, be still. And they're like, oh my gosh, like even he can command the waves and, and the winds obey him. So what's happening is that entire time they technically could feel him in the boat. Yeah. Feeling isn't enough. They weren't actually aware of who was in the boat with them. Yeah. So the same way with us is we, we can miss out on tangibly experiencing his presence simply because we're not aware of who he is yeah. and where he is. And so one practice that I do all, all the time is, you know, whenever I wake up or, um, and this requires faith, right? Everything requires faith, is when I wake up or I'm praying or I'm worshiping, I'm like, God, I'm just going to become aware of your presence. I don't, I'm not waiting for a feeling to confirm that your presence is here. Is I'm going to choose to know that you say, your word says, right, we're two more gathered, you are here, yeah. right? Your, your word says that I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, mm. right? Your word says, so entering into that place of, of faith of I know your presence here yeah. I, I'm aware of it and that's when we'll feel stuff after that yeah. well, that's where we got to start wow 
Yeah, that's good. And, and you, you talked about knowing, knowing the character and knowing who he is and that informing your, uh, your perception right. of where, of where right. he is. Um, and and to, to dig a little bit deeper, there's, there was a question that was submitted talking about, um, you know, how, how do I discern that it's actually Holy Spirit talking to me and not yeah. something that I really, 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 really want? Sure. Yeah. So I guess like the question surrounding like how do we discern the voice of God, how we know it's God, how we know yeah. it's our voice, how we know it's not the enemy. Um, I would say, again, it comes back to knowing. Yeah. Um, how we how we can like learning God's voice is, isn't like learning a language. Mm. It's it's more so knowing a person. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's less about okay. I need to like learn this secret, you know, like spiritual code language. Yeah. It, it it simply comes down. I need to read scripture and know the nature of God and character of God. And I realize I actually do have access to know the voice of God because I have the Holy Spirit. And from that, you can discern. Because here's the thing, guys, is we'll never, like, we'll never know the voice of God consistently in our life if we don't know the person. Yeah, yeah. If we don't know his character, if we don't have history with him, if we don't have a relationship with him. And so it's kind of like two sides of a coin where it's like, I need his voice to know him, and I know him by hearing his voice and all that. And so oftentimes, you know, there's a piece of... Uh, you have to know the character of God. God's not going to tell you something that's like opposite to his character. Yes. Um, one, 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 like, I guess, spiritual life hack that I have, right, is how do I discern the will of God? God's not going to lead you into something that he knows is going to take you further away from him. Yeah. doesn't mean he's not going to lead you into testing. He did that to Jesus. But he's not going to lead you somewhere that has the end goal of this is actually going to bring me further away from Jesus. Yeah. All right, so, Lord, is this girl am I supposed to be this girl well look at this girl is this relationship going to bring me further away from Jesus or closer Mm -hmm. to Jesus that's like one layer Um, but then as you grow deeper with the Lord you're going to know what he sounds like you're going to be able to recognize him like it's a cliche thing right if my wife was to laugh in the room like I would know it's her laugh Mm -hmm. I would know or if my wife was talking to someone in a full room I could know it's my wife because I can recognize her voice because I spent time with her I know her intimately I I'm I'm more tuned to her voice than anyone else's voice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another part of that would also be talking about scripture and talking yes. about how, uh, you know, the, the word of God, the rhema of God is never going to contradict the written word of mm-hmm. God. And mm-hmm. um, so beyond totally. that, what is the balance between a spirit filled community and a word based community? Yeah. This is a, this I love is a this. good question. I love this question. Um, what is the, the balance between being a spirit-filled church or a word-based church? Um, I love and hate this question. <laughs> I love this question because I feel like everyone thinks this, but I hate this question because I think it's a wrong question. Mm. Um, the two aren't in opposition. Yeah. And unfortunately, we've made it that way. Yes. The other thing is whenever we say that, what we're actually saying is my expression because let's say right today, you came to church today, instead of, like, we weren't worshiping in a circle, we didn't have drums, if it was just hymns, mm. you would come in here like that wasn't a spiritual church. Mm. Most likely. Right? Yeah. That we judge spirit-filled based on expression. We'll judge word-based based on expression. You can go to a church that has hymns and everything they're saying is, like, totally not right. Yeah. 
or it's like they're teaching like things about scripture, but it's not what God wants to say, or it doesn't even align with like his nature and his heart, mm. right? Like God hates people. Like if that someone's preaching that, you're like, well, they're word-based, you know, because they're expression. So that's one thing that we have to dismantle is like that tension of like, like I've had someone come to me one time and um, they're probably not here if they are, if you are here, I love you. Um, but they're like, are you ever going to do like expository preaching? Which is like you read a verse and you break down verse by verse, which like I do that sometimes like in parts of my sermon. Um, but it, like there's almost this challenge where it's like if you're not doing that, then you're not word based. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that, then you're not like biblical, biblically literate, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's Jesus literally never did that. Like maybe sometimes he did, but his sermons were all like stories. Yeah. And so when yeah. we go to churches and they're telling stories, you're like, that's not biblical. Like we need the word. Jesus told stories. Yeah. Um, the church in Acts, they didn't even have a New Testament, mm. right? So the, the, the right question, this is the right question. What does biblical church look like? Mm. What did the New Testament church look like? That if we were to compare a lot of our churches today to what we see in the book of Acts, it doesn't look the same. Right? So we need both. Like, I want Breakthrough to be a place that's so biblically literate, Mm. but also so empowered in the things of the Spirit. We need both. Um, That's why with this sermon, like, this this sermon wasn't like, I I joke about this. It's not like, God's with you in the storm kind of sermon. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're going to, like, talk an hour and a half on the theology of this thing, because we need to understand this thing. Um, So... I'm rambling, but am I answering the question? Do I need to elaborate more? Yeah, I, I feel like that answers the question pretty well because the, the whole balance is that you have, to have, you have to have the word because that's like the foundation. Yes. It's not going to be contradicted, but exactly. you also have to have the life of the spirit. Exactly. He is the breath and the life. Right. So he has the power, he has the uh, And one thing I would say too, and, and why we, like, we need to stop like, making these in opposition yes. is like without the Holy Spirit, Scripture is just a closed book. Mm. he's the one that inspired scripture yeah so like we need him to make scripture not just information in our head but actually transformative truth but in the same way we need scripture to make sure we're not making god in our own image yes right or we're not making the holy spirit do things that he's not never said he wants to do or he does do so we we need both but i i think it's like I think it just really, like, if, if everyone was just, like, go to their church, like, I'm going to bring the book of Acts. Does this look, like, at least somewhat like the book of Acts? Mm. Like, I think that's a more accurate examination yeah. versus word-based, spirit-filled. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the, the harder part, though, is when, when the things of the Spirit start to they start to feel extra biblical, even if they aren't. Like one of the one of the questions that was brought to us is, um, you know, what do or how do we know what words of wisdom or words of knowledge are when the Bible doesn't explicitly define them? Yeah, um, there's a lot of things that the Bible doesn't explicitly define, like prayer. Mm. It'll say, you know, Jesus will say, "This is how you'll pray, mm-hmm. our Father." who are in heaven, but that's not necessarily the definition of prayer. There's a lot of things in scripture that scripture doesn't say this is the definition of. Um, But specifically for the gifts, you know, how how we understand is we have to read scripture as one whole narrative, Mm -hmm. right? We have to use all all the the context uh, and all the verses to um, 
help us understand each, like every verse, right? So example for our, our tongues message, what I did is I'm gonna get every single verse in scripture that references tongues and I need to understand all of these in, in, together, right? Um, so for that, one thing I will say about words of knowledge, um, I would say that there, there is a case for how we define it or how most people define it. So the gift of, of knowledge, um, you know, in 1 Corinthians 12, there's the nine manifestations of the spirit, prophecy, tongues, tongues, interpretation, words of knowledge, wisdom, healing, miracles, all these stuff. Um, now with words of knowledge, the definition of that, to give more context to this question, is essentially having, uh, being able to supernaturally know something uh, about someone or a situation that you wouldn't have previously known. So how do we get that definition? Well, one, we look at the life of Jesus. Jesus walked out the gifts of the Spirit. Um, there's a story of the woman at the well, right? Jesus talking to a woman at the well. And he's talking to her, and he's like, where's your husband? And she's going back and forth. And Jesus is like, you're right. You've had you know, four or five husbands. Mm-hmm. And that was her moment where she's like, how did he know that? Are you a prophet, right? So Jesus knew uh, something about her supernaturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say 1 Corinthians 13, 8, it says this, that I think gives a case for how most people define the gift of knowledge. It says, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages. This is 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge, okay, will become useless when Jesus returns, but love will last forever. So it defines as special knowledge. It's not just, you know, you're gonna have like information, um, but special knowledge. Um, So that's what I would say to that. Yeah. Yeah, And so weeks six, seven, and eight, you you really honed in on specifically the gifts of the Spirit. And I yeah. think for a lot of us, that was that was uh, really exciting because it was, it was giving us definition for a lot of these things that we've yeah. seen happen or experienced ourselves. Um, and one of, the, one of the questions that spawned, I believe, out of this excitement is, um, do we have the potential for every gift? Yeah. Do, we, do we gain gifts at certain times? Do we lose gifts at certain times? Yeah. What would you say? Yeah, I would say we all have potential because we have the Holy Spirit. Um, the word manifestations, where I said these are the manifestations of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, the word manifestations literally means that these are things that the Spirit does, yeah. or these are spiritual things. So when we like list the gifts or read the gifts, it's not like these are like Christian superpowers that each person gets, but simply these are things the Spirit does through people. Um, I would say that every, hum, every believer has potential to operate in every gift. Um, I, I don't know all, probably not all at the same time. Um, but yeah, Paul says earnestly desire all the spiritual gifts. He doesn't say just earnestly desire. And he, he does emphasize tongues and prophecy. But he does say earnestly desire all the spiritual gifts. Um, Paul says, you know, I want all of you to speak in tongues, especially to prophesy, right? So how, if only half of Christians can speak in tongues. He wouldn't say, I want all of you to speak in tongues. Um, can we lose them? Can we gain them? Um, this, is, this is also why this is called question and response, right? Because I, I can't fully give, like, the Bible says this. I would say, yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen in my own life where there's been seasons where I've been operating stronger in certain gifts, and then in different seasons operating stronger in different gifts. A lot of it the way I would understand that is in First Corinthians 12, it talks about how the gifts are for the common good. Mm-hmm. So in the setting you're in, there's a different need. Yeah. Um, yeah, in, in situations you're in, there's different needs, mm-hmm. right? Like 
if I'm going to go overseas, like uh, there's going to be different gifts that are going to need to operate yeah. in those settings versus I'm in Lynchburg uh, and vice versa. Another part too is stewardship. Mm. If you don't steward your gift, then it's going to be dormant, right? Yeah. Um, so that's another piece. It's like, and I, I mean, that could have been a piece for me where maybe there's some gifts that I just didn't steward. Uh, and so I just, I wasn't, it wasn't as grace in that season mm. uh, for me. So yeah. yeah, I think dormant was a really good word mm. there because it does, it, it does exist. I was talking to uh, one, of the, one of our members at home group and talking about how, uh, you know, talking about interpretation of tongues and things like that. And the, the consensus that we kind of came to was even if there is not an interpreter in the room, the Holy yeah. Spirit is the interpreter. Yeah. And so you can ask Holy Spirit for an interpretation yeah. because he resides with you. Yeah, Paul says interpret your tongue. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the an extension of that, when you're talking about the need of the church and how every church and every body that you're a part of has a different need, and yeah. those needs change over time, um, is, there a, is there a grounds for us uh, imparting gifts mm. through the Holy Spirit to other people? Yeah. Um, and then also, I know that there have been, I mean, I myself have experienced sure. painful situations yeah. where that has been done improperly. Loose your tongue, loose your tongue. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to kind of allow you a, an opportunity to kind of clear that up for people. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, can you like pray over someone and then receive a gift? Yeah. Who's ever been prayed over to receive a gift? Can you raise your hand? Who actually received that gift? Good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I would say yes. Um, you can pray over someone and receive a gift. In the book of Acts, right, when the apostles prayed over, over people. Yeah receive the Holy Spirit, and it says that they spoke in tongues and prophesied, mm. right? It's because they laid hands on them that that happened. I'll give you a verse that would affirm this. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.6 says this, yes. uh, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Read that again. I remind you to fan into flame, right, the dormant gift, right? The gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands hands. Um, so yeah, I, I think that we can definitely pray over people. Now there's etiquette. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's ways to not do it. Mm. Um, this is a, a good, good gauge is, uh, God is, I, I it sounds kind of cheesy, but God's a gentleman. Yeah. Right. Uh, love would not be genuine if it's forced. Mm. A gift would not be genuine if it's forced. It's like, receive, like receive this gift, receive it. It's like, I don't really want it, right? So there's that piece of, yeah, like, you can't force gifts on people. You can't force encounters on people. Um, what, what's even happening in settings like that is you're actually closing them from wanting to receive it. Yes. Because they're uncomfortable and forced. Uh, and so we have to find a healthy way of, yeah, like, you know, we do that at church, like, we're going to make space for it, but we're not going to force anyone. Like, if you don't want it, you don't want it. Yeah. Right? You have not because you ask not. Um, so if you don't want it, then you're not going to get it. Um, so creating that balance, I think, is key. Yeah, the, you know, I shared just briefly the experience that I had, which was one of those loose yeah. tongues moments. And yeah. that, was, that was a very difficult moment. But I, I can absolutely... And you became a cessationist because of it. Right. I'm just kidding. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> but but the, the experience definitely, 
in that moment, I was so closed off to receiving. Yeah, and tongues. it was a few. It was a while, right? It was it, a few years. It was it was a few years, yeah. and and it was a very gentle uh, like rekindling from Holy Spirit, where He was showing me all of the other gifts, yes. and in a very gentle way that it finally came back around. And to now you speak in tongues, yeah? Right. Yes. Uh, so the. The other part of that, though, when you're, when you're talking about etiquette, you're talking about expression, um, what happens and how do we respond if we step out in the gifts in faith uh, and, it, and it falls flat? Like, say, if we're, uh, if we're speaking out in tongues and we're expecting someone to respond with an interpretation or uh, if we, you know, pray over someone to be healed and they're yeah. not healed, yeah. there's, there's, how do we respond when it just doesn't go the way that we felt doesn't work out? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, first, it, it, like, we have to understand that when we operate in the gifts, it isn't like God possessing us, mm. right? It's like, okay, I'm going to sit here, I'm only going to speak in tongues if, like, God makes me do it, yeah. and I'm, like, not in control, mm. right? God doesn't possess people. The devil does that. Mm. Um, and so, we have to understand, Paul says, I pray, in the spirit, and I pray in my understanding, yeah. right? So you have to understand, it's an act of your will. You have to choose to step out. Uh, they require faith. Like, that, that's the whole, like, how many other things, I mean, put this aside, like, how many other times do we step out in faith and it doesn't work, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm going to share the gospel, I'm going to, like, evangelize, and you're, like, going to do it, and then you don't do it. Yeah. Or you, you do it, and, like, man, I, like, really botched the gospel, right? That person now hates God. Just kidding. Um, but I mean, that's like the Christian life. It's like, it, it, you're going to have to step out in faith. And that's, that's like the whole tension is like, we're not okay with failing. Yes. Right. It's like, look at the, the disciples. They're all failures in their own respect. Yeah. Peter denied Jesus literally to a little girl in front of him. And he's the person that God used to literally start the church. Yeah. So it's like we have to be okay with failing. Like if we're going to do this thing, if we're going to be a church that walks into all that scripture has for believers, right? This isn't a charismatic thing. This is a biblical thing. Mm-hmm. I want all, all that God has for me, even if I don't understand it. It's going to require faith. Yes. Um, but then the other thing to answer the question, like, you know, yeah, when you do it and it's, it's hard uh, when it doesn't happen the way you have it. I remember when I was um, in a season of just, you know, intense evangelism. Um, I, I was always taught this thing. It's like, hey, you got to step out of faith, pray for someone, get a word, word of knowledge, prophesy over them, whatever. Um, and one of the things I always learned was like, man, even if like you do it and you're like, what you say or pray is like not accurate or if you're like, God, like I just like see a picture of like your younger brother is sick. They're like, I don't have a younger brother. You're like, uh, yeah, well, um, you know, God bless you. Um, but in those moments, what, what, what we have to have a part posture of and that I learned is like, even if we don't get it right, and we have to approach with humility. We don't go up like, hello, I am prophet so-and-so. I have a word for you. Right. You know, like, if you're learning, just be like, hey, like, I'm, I'm learning to hear God's voice. Yes. Can I pray for you? Yes. See what the Lord wants to say. Like, we have to approach in humility. But what happens is even if, I f- even if it's not the Lord or, like, I didn't hear the Lord correctly, what happens is we still give people an encounter with Jesus. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I follow Jesus and Jesus loves you and he wants to speak to you. Well, I'm still a baby, you know, figuring things out, but God still loves you. Yeah. And I've literally known, te- I, I knew a testimony once of someone that prayed over someone, tried to give them a word of knowledge. It was not accurate. Like, well, 
you know, God still loves you. Can I tell you the gospel? And they did, and they got saved, wow. right? Wow. Um, and so they're going to be a piece where the Lord's like, hey, like, I don't want it to be accurate because I want to, you know, do something else. But I think we have to have that understanding of humility if we're going to do this. But also we have to be confident in our identity. Because yes. if we're insecure, then what's happening is our gifting is then going to become our gauge if we're secure or not. Yeah. Okay, I'm not as accurate in prophecy, so, you know, I'm, I'm like not that strong of a Christian. Yeah. Those who are led by the Spirit are children of God, right? Um, and the other thing is we have to stand firm on his nature. Okay, so we pray for someone, they don't get healed, and it's really, really hard and disappointing. We have to stand firm on the nature of God. He's good, mm. right? Even if the outcome isn't the way I would want the outcome to be, I have to trust that his nature is good no matter what. Yeah. And his, his, his healing is better than my healing. His will is better than my will. And so that's what I was saying. Yeah. You, you mentioned, you know, testing, testing the spirit, you know, testing... Yeah. Um, what Holy Spirit is saying, and and from a place of from a place of giving or speaking out in faith, that is incredibly important. But uh, one of the questions that came to us was also in in coming into a new experience or coming into a new place, and, and yeah. your witnessing experiences. Yeah. How can you effectively test Holy Spirit to say, is this, is this you, Holy you? Spirit, or is this something demonic? And right. the, the example that was brought was that somebody, the person who had submitted this mm. question, had witnessed people on the ground writhing like snakes. And th th it was being claimed that that was Holy Spirit, and he or, he or she uh, was just very confused about it. Yeah. So I just wanted to open that up. You don't do that? No, 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 not, not, not frequently. You don't just go on the ground and act like a snake. <laughs> uh, I do that all the time. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, so you know the, the, word, the, the verse, right? We know them by their fruit. In that verse. Mm -hmm. So that's actually not talking about Christians. It's talking about false prophets. Mm. It says, beware of false prophets like wolves in sheep's clothing. You will know them by their fruit. Mm. Um, so that, that's a piece is like, man, like, you know, I know we've all seen the YouTube videos of like revivals and crusades and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And we're like, this is God. I don't know. Like this person's, I don't know. So a piece is like you have, you have to, to test the fruit. Um, which obviously we can't always do that from a YouTube video. Sure. Um, but I would encourage us, like, let's not err on, like, cynicism. Yeah. Let's not err in, like, that's not God because I don't understand it. Obviously have caution and not, like, I'm going to reenact all of these things, like, in our community. Um, so you have to test the spirits, right? Paul says that, you know, test the spirits, see if this is who it's coming from. Mm -hmm. But here's also a, an interesting counterpoint to this is the gifts can be misused, just because they're misused, it doesn't mean it's not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? Mm. That's literally all of 1 Corinthians 12. The church of Corinth is literally misusing the gifts. And Paul comes in and says, hey, this is how, how we need to do this. God is not a God of, of chaos. He's a God of peace. Mm. So it doesn't mean that it was demonic. The church of Corinth was not demonic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Otherwise, he'd be saying, hey, stop being demonic. <laughs> but he's like, hey, there's a, there's a right way to do this. Yeah. So that's an interesting counter argument. And again, it doesn't mean we like give people free passes to do whatever they want. But that is a piece of like, you know, some of it may be God. It's like, I mean, I've known people who like, I've healed people and they're like not the best people. Mm. Like their character is really bad, but mm. they're healing people. So this is another piece is the gifts are without repentance. Mm. So if you're, if you're given a gift, it, it, it's free. 
It's, you didn't earn it because you did something right. You didn't lose it because you did something wrong. It's just a right. free gift. So people can misuse the gifts for their own glory. Like we've seen, you know, people like have, just do things where it's like, I mean, people, like there's testimonies of people actually getting healed from these gatherings. Doesn't mean the person's fruit is good mm-hmm. or the person's good. So it, it, it's a unique thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it is like the fruit of the spirit is a good mm-hmm. gauge. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Like Paul says, that all of these prophecy tongues, these are all f- fade away, but mm-hmm. love will never cease. Does this, does this result in love? Like if they're crawling on the ground like a snake, like, uh, but like you talk to them afterwards, like, yeah, God was like delivering me of something and like now I like know God loves me. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't really like gauge things without talking to people. Yeah. Um, so we can't be like cynical watching videos yes. that like, yes. like we're not there. Like if it's in your community, like if it's in your home group, if it's in your dorm room and you're like, we're going to pray for the gifts and someone starts doing something weird. Like, yeah, talk to them. Like what was happening? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I hope that's a good response. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's, that's a really good response to to have that communication and to, to have that testing of the spirit, not only internally with Holy Spirit, but also right. afterwards, like, hey, you know, what were the fruit or what yeah. were the fruit that you experienced yeah. from that? But the other, the harder part is going to be talking about uh, one of the questions was, how do I know if I'm actually speaking in tongues or if I'm making up words? Because yeah. the, you know, it's, that's, that's harder to test because that's only internal. That, that's, yeah. That's not going, or at least in a prayer language setting, that's only sure. internal. So I, w- I wanted to see how how do you how do you know that you're not speaking just speaking gibberish, right? Yeah. Um, well, I'll read First Corinthians fourteen uh, fourteen to fifteen. This is the amplified version. It says this: um, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive, because it does not understand what my spirit is praying. Then what am I to do? I will pray with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, and I'll pray with my mind using words I understand. I will sing with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, and I will sing with my mind using words I understand. And so there's a piece of it is your mind's not going to know. Like, your, your mind's not, like, that's the hard thing, right? So it's like we're asking a question of how to do something with a solution that isn't meant to be the solution. Um, now, at the same time, I understand, like, I don't want to just be like, ba 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 ba, and, like, it, I'm not doing it right. Um, a, a piece of it is, like, you know, the more you, like, if you have the gift of tongues and you're operating it, like, you'll start to know, okay, when I'm doing this, like, I'm sensing the presence of God. As I'm doing this, like, I'm, I, like I, I feel close to the Lord. As I'm doing this, I'm feeling you know, my, my walls start to come down. And this is why this is like, it, and I get it, it's such a weird gift. Like, I'm like, God, could you have at least like made it different or something else? <laughs> um, or made it like more clear. I, it's weird. But there's also a piece of it that I feel like is so powerful because it literally like dismantles independence. Yeah. It's like one of the most like weirdest things in the Bible where it's like you literally need to be dependent on God to do this. And I think there's so many Christians that don't speak in tongues is because they're trying to understand everything. When that's Jesus, that's not the way of Jesus fully. It doesn't mean we're, you know, we just do whatever. 
Um, I'll share my experience, if that's helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's interesting because in, in, in scripture, when we see people speaking in tongues, it's always like an instant, at least from what we know of. Um, but a piece of that is because it was like a new thing. Like this was a New Testament, a new covenant reality. Like this isn't something that's existed for years. For us, like we've, it's existed for years. We've, we've known about it. We've been in environments. A lot of these people, it was like they've never heard it. It just happened. So my experience, you know, I was praying for the, the gift of tongues and I felt the Lord give it to me and he said, okay, I want you to speak out. And I was like, well, what do I say? <laughs> and he's like, I, I want you to speak, right? Like Paul says, I pray in the spirit. So I felt the Lord give me, you know, something to say, right? Something to utter. And I felt like an idiot. I was like, I, I, you know, whatever. And <laughs> I was like, Lord, this doesn't feel right. Like, like I need you to like make this a little bit clear. So the Lord's like, okay, I'll give you more to say, right? So I'll start doing it. I'm like, Lord, this is like, I feel so dumb. And I just kept doing it in faith. And so I was like, am I speaking tongues? I don't know. Like, we'll see. Um, but I was just in faith. Like, I'm not going to do that on a microphone as I'm figuring it out, right? Like, I'm just by myself figuring it out. Okay, like, I feel the Lord's telling me to, like, utter these things. I'm going to utter them. And it wasn't until one moment where I was like, Lord, like, I want you to make this clear that I have this gift. And he's like, you have this gift. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just believe that this is, I have this gift. So I started, you know, praying. But then it wasn't until a moment where I was praying in the prayer room, and I share this during this series that, you know, I was praying, this is before Breakthrough started, and I was praying, and, you know, that whole summer I was learning about the gifts of the Spirit, was doing evangelism, was being activated, and all these things, learning these for the first time, and I felt the Lord say, I want you to bring this back to Lynchburg. I want to bring, essentially, the things of the Spirit to Lynchburg, and so what was happening, I was like, Lord, if this is you, like, I want you to make this clear, I did a classic, like, God, I'm going to open my Bible, if it lands on a verse, then it's you. But it did. It, like, worked, you know. Don't do that all the time. Um, I was super young, so the Lord's like, I'll do it, I guess. Um, but it landed in Joel, right, where it prophesies about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, I was like, I, I literally felt God's presence, like, fall over me. And I was like, I'm going to start praying in tongues. And then it just flowed like water. And I was like, wow, like this is such a beautiful thing. And it's at that moment the Lord said, I want you to start a house church, which is what Breakthrough was when it first started. So now to give clarity on that, right? We don't see that in the book of Acts where they're like, you know, practice praying in tongues and then maybe you'll receive it. But they, it wasn't a thing then, right? Now we do know like, okay, we know that it's a thing. How do I receive it? Some, I, I, I've... This is a really cool testimony. I know probably a handful of people in our church that received the gift of tongues during the series. No one, well, at least not, not a lot of them, no one was laying hands on them. No one was saying, loose your tongue. They were just in, in worship or in prayer, and it just happened. That's awesome. Um, but then I know another person who's not here, one of the guys a disciple, was he's been designing this gift for a long time. He pretty much similar story to mine. He's like, the Lord's telling him to utter these things, and it's like, sounds super weird. So he's just doing it for a few months. He's like, I don't even know if I have it, but I'm just going to just do it. And then it wasn't until it was that breakthrough, someone laid a hand on him and it just flowed like water. And he's like, it, and he's like, I can't stop. I can't stop praying in tongues. So a lot of it, it's faith. It's just, I mean, let me make this a little bit less weird if you're like weirded out. Like if you're going to pray for prophecy, right, which is I'm going to ask God for something for this person that's about to happen or about to come or words of knowledge, you're going to have to practice it. You're not going to just like, I'm only going to prophesy if like, I like get zapped and like the Lord opens my mouth. It's like, 
you have to practice it. You have to step out in faith, right? It's like, I'm not gonna share the gospel unless I'm like zapped and possessed by God to share the gospel. Like, that's dumb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, and the, talking about speaking in tongues and there, there being this very personal, like yeah. you, you talked about it being a very personal prayer language yeah. that, um, that it was happening with. And one of the questions that was brought to us was how or at what point does a prayer language, especially in a corporate setting when you're, when you're praying over somebody and you're praying in your personal prayer language, yeah. at what point does that cross over into needing Interpre- a, an interpretation? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the question is like, okay, if like we're in a prayer huddle and people are praying tongues, like does that need to be interpreted? Yeah. Um, definitely listen back to the tongues sermon because it's like an hour and a half of like everything about this. Um, but I'll read First Corinthians 14 too. It says this, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Okay, this, this is weird because, and it says this, indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the spirit. Okay, so essentially to recap what I taught, we see in scripture, there's four diversities of the gift of tongues. Uh, in First Corinthians 12, he says, these are, the, there are different types of tongues. Um, the first is tongues as a sign, which we see in Pentecost, where you know someone can hear their own language, or you know, as a sign for an unbeliever. Uh, the second is um, for interpretation; it's one that's used corporately or publicly, right? So if I was gonna be like, blah, blah, you know, whatever, and Daniel's like gonna interpret what I said, right? It's for the congregation. The third is for private prayer language, um, which is what Paul is talking about here, where it edifies you, it builds you up, right? Build yourself up, or pray in the spirit. Jude says, pray in the spirit. Uh, in the, and build yourself up in the most holy faith. Um, and then the third is, is singing in the spirit or praising in the spirit. Um, so if, if I'm speaking in tongues for the congregation, right, for, not just I'm in front of a congregation speaking tongues, but I'm speaking in tongues for a congregation, it needs to be interpreted. Yeah. That doesn't mean that because you're around people, it has to be interpreted, right? So it, it all depends on how are you operating in the gift, so if we're in a circle and we're all, you know, let's, we have the gift of tongues, we're praying, but our heart isn't, this is for people, then it doesn't need to be interpreted because it's for God, right? So Paul makes that very clear. He says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people. So he's making a, 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 dif- a differentiation of this diversity. Yet this one, there's a type that isn't for people, right? And that kind doesn't need to be interpreted. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And... The, the all of these all of these gifts they are they are incredible manifestations of Holy Spirit and I think that they can they can be so daunting to to look at them especially yeah. the ones that we aren't operating in so how do we seek out the gifts of the Spirit yeah. properly how how do we do it in a healthy way yeah um, very simply I would say in the safety of community mm. and experienced leadership yes. Um, this is why, like, you need to be a part of a home group. <laughs> mm. Is, like, we're, we're not, like, we might, but we're not going to, like, practice it on a Sunday. In the sense of, hey, whoever wants to get on the microphone and prophesy, go for it. Like, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, that's not going to be helpful. Obviously, the Lord tells us to do it. Like, we'll do it. Um, but it, 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 it's in the safety of community. Like, that's what happened for me was I was in a a community of people where we're all learning the gifts for the first time because, you know, none of us knew it was a thing and we're all, wow, like, this is a thing. And so whenever we're in our, having a, you know, 
uh, a hangout together. We're all going to worship together. Like, we'll practice the gifts, or yeah. we're going to evangelize together as a friend group or as a church, you know, group. Like, we're going to practice. And so, really, like, in the safety of community is such a great place to practice, you know, like, we always do, like, let's practice, like, hearing the Lord for each other, which is what prophecy is. Yeah. And sometimes we get it wrong, but no one's going to, like, you know, walk away from the Lord because of, because you're doing yes. the safety of community. Yes. Uh, but then also have an experienced leadership where, you know, you're around people that you know who have walked in these things for years and have credibility in these things where you can be like, hey, can you, like, check this? Like, I got this word for someone, but, like, I don't know, like, do you feel like this is a, a good thing to share with them? Yeah. So having that is, is so important. That's why you need community. Um, that's why you need to be a part of a local church. That's why you need to be not just coming on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. If you actually want to go into the deeper things of God, it's like you need community to do that. Yeah, and, and the importance of having a leader or a specific person that you know that you can go to and be like, hey, I... Especially I'm, as you're learning. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm feeling a pressing into this. Can I... Can I either shadow you or run this by you, run what I'm feeling, and see how you respond to this? Uh, that's a great opportunity. In fact, I have just been recently walking into that when it comes to intercession and, and, yeah. and realizing that there's been a press on my life and stepping under someone who I know is really, is really well-versed in that right. so that I can come under their, their tutelage. So, tutelage. Tutelage. That's a good word. Um, so... In, in all of this, I know that you have, like I said earlier, you have poured countless hours, yeah. and there were so many questions we had to skip over, but yeah. uh, I just want to get a little, a little peek into your mind. What was, what was the biggest thing that changed for you over yeah. the course of preparing for this message? Yeah, so I'm a cessationist now. Yeah, okay, um, okay. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, this, this series is awesome. I mean, probably like the most I've ever put into a series, probably 90 hours, just this series. Um, I think for me, one of the things, two things that shifted, one was it it developed a deep honor for the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, I've always, like, that was, like, sermon number one, the Spirit is a person, which is, like, mind-blowing for a lot of people. So I've known that for, you know, for years, but during this series, I I developed a deep honor for the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, And I think the second thing that was so like shifting for me was how pretty much everything that happens in the Christian life apart from the cross is because of the Holy Spirit and how so many of the things that we experience and know and do and have is because of the person, the Holy Spirit, sanctification, Holy Spirit, presence, Holy Spirit, voice, Holy Spirit, right? Gifting, Holy Spirit, power, Holy Spirit, um, all these things, and what's happened is like, for me, it's almost like I'm able to trace my life and, and look at all the moments that I just, this is God, which he is God, but where I'm like, wow, this was the Holy Spirit doing this my entire life. And I think for so many of us here too, like we can attest of, man, we've really like ignored him in a lot of areas of our life. Like we've quenched the Holy Spirit. We've grieved the Holy Spirit. It's like, I, I think there, there's almost, and, and I've shared this, right, where I was like, just because you're in an environment where it's spirit-filled, right, which a lot of times it's just expression, um, but where we see, like, Holy Spirit things happening, there's flags on that, which we love that, 
But just because we see an expression, it doesn't mean the person, the spirit is honored, right? Um, just because we're doing Holy Spirit things, the same way you can do Jesus things, doesn't mean Jesus is honored. And I think there's, there's like a, a deep honor that I've developed for the person, the Holy Spirit, where it's like, man, you are a person that I get to know and that I need to honor, but also look at so much of my Christian life only comes through your help and your guidance. And when you can actually recognize that it's the spirit who's doing that, it changes. Because it's not just like a message that like falls from heaven. You're like, oh, thanks God. But it's like a friend that's right here that's leading you and walking with you. Um, yeah, like just, just really like diving deep on like, man, he's a person. This, this is a, um, there's question responses and question and answer. But one, one moment that happened um, is we have a very distinct worship culture. We have a, like we have a theology behind how we worship here. Um, we have a, a prayer map or a worship map, you could say, when we, when we do worship. We start with uh, Thanksgiving praise, adoration, and intercession. That's our format for worship. So we don't just like, let's just pick whatever Maverick City is singing and shuffle it. Um, but we have a very stink model that we've seen in scripture that we've learned through prayer, through, you know, prayer room. If you come here every Tuesday night and Saturday morning, it's where we literally become students of his presence. Like, God, what do you like? Like, what moves you in worship? What moves you when we pray? And I remember this is, this is just a fun note on this, is there was a, a, a Sunday where we're like, let's grab our prayer map, our model, our worship model, and let's just do all Holy Spirit songs. Every song is going to be about Holy Spirit. Like, we need to honor Holy Spirit. Like, Holy Spirit's not honored in worship. Like, we need to honor Holy Spirit. Every song was about the Holy Spirit. I was like, this is going to be awesome. Like, everyone's going to fall out. And um, we did it, and it was, like, flat. Like, it was, like, it was, like, a, it was an okay set. Like, God was pleased, but it was just, eh. And I was like, Holy Spirit, like, what happened? It's like, why... Like, why, was, why weren't you more tangible, I guess, is what I was feeling. Why were you more tangible? Like, we were singing to you. And this was really crazy. The Holy Spirit's like, I don't want you to sing to me. I want you to sing to Jesus. Because what's the ministry of the Holy Spirit? It's to glorify Jesus. So he comes to stir us up to look at the one that heaven's looking at. And it was such a real personal moment where I was like, ah, that's what he likes. Doesn't mean we can't sing to the Holy Spirit or about the Holy Spirit, but he, he stirs, he, he hovers, he rests, right, on the Word of God, on, on the Son of God, right? He rests where Jesus is being glorified. What's, what's happening in heaven, Jesus is being glorified, the person of Jesus. So that was a, a unique moment that I had where I was like, wow, like, this is, like, real. This isn't just, like, a thing that happens. It's, he has preferences. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Andrew. I know that like I said, we had so many questions we had to yeah. get through, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time to really clarify some of these things for yeah. us. And uh, one, of the, one of the things, and I know that I am the home group director, but it is yeah. so important that uh, you get plugged into the community so yeah. that you can have, essentially what we're talking about is a safety net. You can have that place to be, uh, to be vulnerable and to, to step out a little bit more. because Practice these things. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the practice What's not as, or the importance of practice is not just doing it, but also doing it in a way that you are open to receiving correction, open mm. to receiving uh, further clarification on what you're experiencing and what you're saying. So that's, that's key yeah. there. Don't be a rogue sheep. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. 
don't be prophet so-and-so and be like, I'm just right. going to do my own thing. Right. Because um, that's the thing, right? It's like, this was another thing that happened at Breakthrough years ago was we had a group of people coming just because like we're a cool spirit-filled church. So like we attract those type of people and they're coming and we did this a, a sermon on like being filled with the spirit at the end we're like we're gonna like pray and ask the lord to like fill us with the spirit and what happened is their whole group there's probably five of them never been a church and we, we didn't open it up to like everyone you know pray over each other we were just like we're just gonna do this so their whole group just started going around the room and like laying hands on people and like pray in tongues get filled and like yelling at people and we had to like damage control because there's a few people who were freaked out. Like, I don't like, I didn't like that. Like mm-hmm. I feel uncomfortable. Blah, blah, blah. And so we had to bring them up the next Sunday and like make them apologize <laughs> to wow. everyone. But, um, there's a piece of that. That's like, none of those people were submitted, mm-hmm. right? They were they're, like in the sense of, they're not a part of this body. Yeah. And there's that piece of like, we, we really need the church to step into these things. Like the gifts didn't fall on random people, it fell on the church, right? Yeah. It's, it's part of even the ushering of the church starting was this is now the normal operation of the body. So, yeah. 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 Cool. So much information. Please so go much. back and listen to the podcast. Yeah. If, you, if you missed anything, if you just need a refresher, it's all there. Yeah. So. Well, I'm going to pray. Bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully it was helpful. Hopefully you're not more <laughs> confused. Um, but yeah, let's just pray and... We'll wrap up. So, Father, thank you so much for this church. Thank you for this series and this season of diving deep into you, Holy Spirit, and your works. I pray that you would start to shift people's lives and hearts. I pray for things that have been dormant, that have been asleep. Um, I pray that people in this room, Lord, who who have actually been operating in gifts, in these gifts for most of their lives, but they have not been able to actually identify them. I pray that you would reveal Holy Spirit to people in this room that they actually have been operating in this gift and that you actually want to pour gasoline on it and you want to empower them to step in it even more and you actually want to use them even more uh, uh, to, to edify the body and to reach the lost. Holy Spirit, we just honor you. We say that we love you. We thank you for your ministry. Thank you for making Jesus real to us. Thank you for sanctifying us. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for equipping us. I'm just going to end with this. Holy Spirit, we just repent for misusing you and misrepresenting you, for ignoring you, for quenching you, for grieving you. And we just say that we want to honor you and we want to walk with the Spirit. We want to walk hand in hand. We want you to lead us and to speak. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.